All right, welcome back to the Vibe Within podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and uh, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my microdosing mushrooms journey, experience, experiment, um, all of the things. I feel like I have so many notes and so many things that I want to talk about that I can't prolong this episode any longer because then it's just going to be overwhelming for me. Um, And I want to bring you really useful information about microdosing mushrooms and share my experience about what is happening in my mind, what is happening in my body, and the, the mindset shifts that I'm feeling. So... A lot of this episode is going to be me speaking about my experience, but before I get into that part of the episode, I want to kind of explain some, you know, some key information pieces about microdosing, about protocols, um, some podcasts that I listen to, so let's just get right into it. I have been wanting to do to to do microdosing mushrooms for quite some time now and I waited to get out to California where I had my own apartment here for a couple months because I wanted to be in my own safe space. So that is number 1 I want to say very important is if you are wanting to, to partake on a microdosing journey um and doing it consistently, then you need to make sure that you're doing it in an environment that you feel safe in, especially when you're starting out. Because for me, it's like, well, I didn't want to start microdosing when I was living at home with my mom and her husband, because I was just always distraught and in fight or flight mode and stressed out. And my inner being was was not well. So I needed to wait until I got out here and had this safe space so that I I could feel ready to do it. And microdosing isn't about feeling a tripping sensation. It's, It's so minuscule that you don't feel like you're tripping on anything unless you take maybe a little bit of a higher dose or if you're sensitive, um... You know, but it's it's not like you see things moving, colors. Like, I, I'm going to say for sure I have a more sensitive system now that I am sober and I've been eating really clean. I've been focusing on really, like, detoxifying the last year has been, like, all about detoxifying parasites and candida and doing all of the Zuma, um, the Zuma protocols, the Zuma nutrition protocols. So those, um, that link is in the show notes, but that, you know, cleansing my body for the last year, I think has definitely made my body more sensitive just to everything in general. (laughs) Um, so I have done a lot of research about microdosing over the last several years, um, James Fadiman is one of the most well-known researchers in the realm of mushrooms and microdosing, and Paul Stamets is also another genius OG 
you know, pioneer in the microdosing and just mushrooms space. Those two guys are your go-to. Go find any podcast you can find with them. Um, just any content that you can find with those two guys, James Fadiman and Paul Stamets. Um, so there's two different kinds of protocols that these two guys have kind of coined, I guess. Um, James Fadiman is more on the realm of, I believe, one day off, one day on, two days off, so every third day. Um, there's a podcast that I just listened to. The podcast is called Psychoactive, um, and it's by Ethan Nadelman. So this podcast is amazing. It's called Psychoactive. Every episode is amazing. The episode that I just listened to today is with Sophia Korb on microdosing. That's the name of the episode. Sophia Korb on microdosing. And it just so happens that this woman was James Fadiman's like assistant in all of the the research and the trials and in the labs and stuff. So she was a huge part and still is a huge part of all of this research with James Fadiman himself. So that is a great episode to listen to. Um, so yeah, from what I have gathered from all the podcasts that I've listened to about James Fadiman and what he has spoken about is that it's every third day. So one day on, you microdose, two days off. And um, in this episode that Sophia was, you know, talking about, it's like the the medicine and the healing of the microdose, it doesn't just last that one day. And that's why they are so, they're proponents of taking those two days off because you can have some mental shifts and physical shifts, energetic shifts, um, even when you're not actually on the microdose. And for some people's bodies, um, it takes longer for psychedelics to be released and fully metabolized through the body. And then for some people, um, it might, you know, get metabolized rather quickly. I think everybody's different. So that is something to keep in mind. But she says that there's no, you know, right or wrong way to go about microdosing. Really, it's, it's what you feel is good for you. Um, for me and my journey, I've in the beginning, so I've been microdosing for about a month. Um, in the beginning, I didn't really think about taking a day off because I just wanted to like dive right in. And I think that actually benefited me, but I'm not sure if that's the best way to go about it. Um, I think that's what maybe made me realize how these shifts were happening in my mind because it kind of happened quickly. Um, so in the beginning of my microdosing journey, I was just taking a very, very small microdose every day. <laughs> um, and I didn't really know what the exact milligrams were because I got this mushroom chocolate from my friend back in the summer and it was labeled really weirdly and I I really honestly, the way that they labeled it did not make sense to me. So 
I just broke it up in a ton of tiny pieces and that's what I did. So I made sure that I, you know, was taking a microdose. You know, that that I did know. I wasn't I wasn't taking anything more than a microdose. But I wasn't sure how I was going to respond. So, you know, you have to be cautious with these things and make sure that you're getting your product from a reputable reputable company, um, which I've been doing a lot of research about. So there are a few companies that I am um, linked with now that I know about. Um, so those companies, one of them is Golden Euphorics, the other is Shroomies, and the other one that I'm just about to get um, linked up with, like finalizing it, is called, oh shit, where is it? Oh my god. It's called Well, Vellum Health. So I will make sure that I would put all of these links in the show notes, obviously. Um, this is all very, very new to me, so, um, but I wanted to make sure that I have reputable sources for you guys who want to do microdosing safely. Um, anyways, so the James Fadiman protocol is every third day. And then the Paul Stamets protocol, from what I've gathered, from what I've listened to, and I'm sure that maybe his protocols have changed over the years with how his research has ebbed and flowed, but um, it seems to be that his protocol is three days on and four days off. So he does more of a stacked effect and a stacked approach. So it's like three days stacked onto each other. And then the four days off, you have time to reflect on, you know, on those days and they call them sober days to assess, you know, what kind of energetic shifts are going on, how you're feeling mentally, what kind of emotional states you're feeling like you're in. So um, a little bit of some nerdy information that I've been learning about is that psychedelics, especially psilocybin mushrooms, activate the part of the brain that wants to connect and communicate. I found this to be really, really interesting. So, you know, this explains why I have felt completely kind of like cracked open and my social anxiety has definitely lowered dramatically and I've been committed to going to yoga classes since I've been out here in LA. Um, so it's like once I started microdosing, I felt like a strong craving for being around people, to be in community. I felt more connected to like my true self, my identity. Um, because I think for, you know, several months I was living at home, I completely lost myself. And I've talked about that in depth in all of my previous episodes, so I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, I think taking the microdosing and, and mushrooms, that the experience awakened something in my being that was like, it was almost like a remembering of, oh yeah, remember, there's yoga communities out there, there's yoga studios out there, 
there are people out there who you can connect with, even if it's not like me going out and having like deep conversations with people or dating, like just going to a yoga class and being around a bunch of yoga strangers in a hot room sweating and doing yoga, that is like healing on like some kind of like crazy level for me right now because I'm out here and I have freedom and I have my own, I'm in my element, I have my own schedule, I'm not relying on my mom to give me a ride to yoga. I mean, there's just something so weird about that for me, like going to yoga and getting dropped off and picked up by my mom was like, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. It wasn't enjoyable for me. Um, I think there's something to be said about identity and living with family. Your identity can be just dissolved and, and disintegrated, you know? I mean, even if you have the best family um, and they have the best intentions, um, being around family isn't always going to help us feel connected to our true selves and to the identity that we want to, you know, move towards and be. So, um, yeah, being here and completely diving in to these yoga communities. One um, yoga studio in particular here in Hollywood, um, I've been going to a lot recently and I just feel completely safe and like awakened and my sense of belonging and like it's just making me remember how important it is to just be around others um, and how isolating healing can be. I mean, when you're when you're in the thick of trauma healing and going to therapy and going to support groups and awakening and, you know, your shadow work and your Saturn return and you're just, you're waking up like this. Waking up is dark, you know, and I think in, in the midst of waking up, we will get really caught up and we will isolate because we are so um, debilitated in a, in a way by the trauma and by the fast rate that we are awakening to, you know, it can be very, very off-putting and debilitating. Real quick, before I get deeper into this episode, I want to talk to you guys about my sponsor for this podcast, BetterHelp. You guys know how much I love therapy. I have been in therapy for several years, but I've been using BetterHelp for about three years. And I love my therapist. She's amazing. Uh, so I'm very happy that BetterHelp has, you know, sponsored this podcast. And out of all of my sponsors, I gotta be real, BetterHelp is my favorite because I actually use them every day, every week. Um, I have a great relationship with just the experience and, you know, my therapist has helped me through so much the last couple years and BetterHelp is very, very easy. You don't have to do it. Um, you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to go to a, a freaking office. You don't have to take a drive. You don't have to take an Uber or a Lyft. 
You can just do it from the privacy of your own home or wherever you're traveling. You can do it video. You can do um, just an audio call if you're not comfortable doing video or you can do the messaging. And you can also message your therapist whenever you need to. There's also a journal feature, which I love because journaling and typing all of that stuff out of your head is so helpful. Um, so join over 2 million people who are using BetterHelp. That is crazy, 2 million people. Um, it has helped me so much just having someone on your side and having that outside perspective who is not going to judge you. Um, they're not going to hold anything over your head. They don't know um, any anything any secrets that you tell them, they're not going to ever hold that against you. And that's what I love about my therapist. I could tell her the worst things I've ever done and she's not going to to judge me. Um, she's been very helpful with everything that I've gone through with, you know, the relationship with my mom and healing and, and everything like that. And she does EMDR. So you can find a therapist who matches your personal needs, whether it's addiction uh, substance abuse, trauma, eating disorders, relationship issues. You can find the perfect therapist and you can change the therapist as many times as you need at no charge and it's super easy to, to navigate the app. So all you're going to do is go to betterhelp.com slash vibe for a discount and that will get you a nice discount on your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash vibe that's betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash vibe for a 10% off discount your first month of online counseling and I hope you do it because we all we all really need support and if you haven't tried therapy yet this is going to help you so much betterhelp.com slash vibe okay um I want to mention a couple more resources and then I'm going to get into why I'm doing this, my whole why and my intentions of this, which is pretty much all about my OCD, my depression, my eating disorder, my anxiety, all of it. So before I get into that, another amazing interview, uh, there's a couple interviews on Sam Harris's app, it's the Waking Up app, um, or I think you can find them on his podcast, which is the Making Sense podcast. But if you have the Waking Up app, and he does offer, I think, a free, either a free week or a free month to anyone who wants to try the app, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. This is the one app that I use every single day, and I'm not sponsored or anything by this at all, but I've been using it since I think 2019, since my meditation practice really kind of like got grounded. Um, so I've been loving his app because he has amazing, he has the best teachers on there. They're digestible meditations, they're short meditations, long meditations, meditations for sleep. Um, and then he also has like a whole library of his podcast recordings um, conversations, Q and A's. So again, just go and, and if you're just going to get it, at least listen to, um, the episodes with Roland Griffiths. There's two episodes that he's done and Roland Griffiths is a psychedelic researcher. Um, they talk about 
you know, the combination of microdosing and meditation. And they talk about how it's, it like supercharges your inner experience. And yeah, it, it, it can beautifully like intensify things, but not in like a too much way. Um, it's not about escaping and tripping out of the meditation experience, but they explain it as the microdosing is like enhancing it without really even realizing it. Like you're not, you're not in this like psychedelic state where everything is crazy. And look, I'm going to speak from my experience right here, right now in this moment. I took a microdose about two hours ago and I was like just in my Airbnb kind of just doing things journaling and I was like well why don't I get on and record part one of this episode of the mushrooms and microdosing series because first of all I'm on a microdose right now so I want to see how that feels you know talking and getting in that flow state and you know this is very meta right I'm literally on a microdose right now and I'm talking about microdosing and I am feeling like I'm getting in that flow state as I'm recording. It just feels like it's organic and it's not forced and it's not giving me anxiety and it's not giving me stress. Um, yeah, I have tons of notes in front of me, but I don't feel this like sense of overwhelm, you know, like so. And that's another thing that microdosing can help people with is getting into that flow state and they they talk about that in the Sophia Korb episode that I mentioned on the podcast Psychoactive. They talk about flow states and about how it is, you know, being in a flow state means you are doing some kind of task, you're doing some kind of activity that feels completely in alignment, it feels right, it feels in your energy, you don't have to think about it too much, you're just doing it, it feels right, it feels super like it's meant to be, you know, that's what a flow state is. And you can lose track of time, like writers get in flow states and they they write for eight hours and they just like don't even know what just happened to that eight hours. So this is something that I'm experiencing on, on, you know, especially on days that I'm microdosing and I'm outside walking. Like, I've just been walking around this, like, neighborhood that um, has really nice houses and it's quiet over there and it feels peaceful and safe. And I just get into my flow state by walking around, being in my energy, being with my thoughts, being with my breath. It's a moving meditation. Um... I've recorded a lot of like reels while I'm walking about things I'm going through. I call my grandmother when I'm on these walks and I don't feel high or anything. I don't feel like I'm tripping or anything. It just feels like I'm in, it feels like I'm connected to a better gab. It feels like I'm just able to experience life and experience what's in front of me, and experience the weather, and experience the walking, and just, like, nothing is feeling too heavy, you know? 
Um, so I'm going to get more into like the nitty gritty of like the experiences of what microdosing feels like in your mind and body. But before I get into that, I want to get into my why, my intentions, because a lot of you guys have reached out to me and asked like, how is it helping with your OCD? And like, how is it helping with your eating disorder? Like, how does that work? So the main intentions for my microdosing experiment definitely is OCD and depression. Because what I've realized is that my eating disorder is directly correlated with the OCD and the depression. So it's like the OCD and the depression are the bigger things, even though my eating disorder is a big part of what I want to heal and recover, I feel like if I can focus on the depression and the OCD, then the eating disorder will not be as loud and I won't feel as, like, I won't feel the need to be so chained to the eating disorder mentality or behaviors that are eating disorder um, that are disordered, you know? So yeah, my main intentions have been OCD and depression. So OCD and eating disorders can definitely coincide. Um, a lot of people with eating disorders have OCD. It just kind of comes with the territory of having an eating disorder. I feel like OCD is just like an energy that you feel and you have these compulsions to either do things or overwhelming thoughts, intrusive thoughts. Um, and I heard this podcast where this girl was talking about um, her eating disorder and she was basically saying like when you have an eating disorder you are living an exhausting life and you're getting nothing done. Like it feels like you're doing a bunch of shit all day long, but you're not really doing anything. And it's because all of your energy is just being channeled into the eating disorder. So every day is like a whole lot of nothing, um, especially with OCD. Like you'll have rituals and tasks and behaviors and habits. Um, and it's just a constant cycle of that. Like some sometimes I'll catch myself in these kind of like tornado states is, is what I kind of like to explain it as. And it's like, you're just kind of like buzzing and it's like rituals and doing this and doing that and obsession and, and some like you have to, it's like the OCD is like forcing you to do things to feel better, to feel at ease. Um, and you can become really exhausted from it all, you know, like laughing and enjoying things might seem very foreign when you're dealing with OCD. Um, socializing can feel like you're in kind of like a war zone. That's what I used to think and I still do at times but like like I said before the the microdosing has definitely helped me feel the ability to go out and like socialize and be around people who I don't know and be more comfortable. Um, before my microdosing stuff, I, I used to feel like socializing was like, I, it was like a fight. I had to put on like 
armor. I had to put on, you know, this this metal suit of armor just to go out and be around people because I felt so crazy in my head and I felt like my OCD was just like I couldn't I couldn't be around people because I felt so crazy in my own head, but like nobody knew what was going on in my head. Um, but I knew what was going on in my head and it made me feel so uncomfortable and so uneasy with my own self that it made me isolate. So OCD is a very isolating illness. Um, there were times when I used to teach, um, and I do miss teaching, but you know, w teaching with OCD is really intense. Um, I would teach, you know, a couple classes and then I would get home and it felt like I was being attacked for three hours. And that, that is fucked up because nobody was attacking me. Nobody was intentionally doing anything to me. But my OCD would make me feel like I was being abused and attacked and violated because of this intense, like, inability to socialize even though I was an amazing teacher and I and I know that I'm an amazing teacher the OCD brain um, is just really really overwhelming to live with and to work with and to be around people with okay so now I want to get into more of the nitty-gritty stuff on how I'm feeling emotionally and what is happening like in my mind, in my emotions, in my body. Okay, so what I've realized is that emotions and thoughts and feelings are moving through me very, very quickly. Um, in yoga practice, in when I go to classes and stuff, like I will feel waves of sadness, waves of grief, happiness, gratitude, bliss, like I will feel waves and it's not like it's too intense. It's not like I'm tripping again. Um, but I think microdosing awakens our ability to be more aware of the sensations and the feelings and the emotions that we're, that we're, you know, experiencing. So that heightened awareness, you know, you're going to get by microdosing and the other night, I I took a little bit of a bigger dose than a microdose, and I kind of I kind of knew, but I was like, you know what, my 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 system and my um like my my tolerance has has gotten a little bit more, so this is fine. I'm not gonna feel anything, and and I didn't trip. It's not like I tripped, but I went to this yoga class and um. The teacher was amazing. The music was fucking amazing. It was like jungly, um, spiritual, instrumental. Just really, this music really, really moved me. And I have not been listening to music that often recently because I've been really like disconnected from music. Um, because for me, like listening to old music that I used to listen to it's not really going to help me. It's only going to bring up memories and it could bring up some like nostalgic depression, which I've talked a lot about on this podcast. And I don't really need that right now. I don't like today I was in, oh my God, I was in the dollar store and I heard the song Soul Meets Body by Death Cab for Cutie. 
And I mean, that song just like totally brings me back to my high school years, to the beginning of my eating disorder, to, oh my God, just like the darkest, most confusing time of my life when I was like in ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, you know, like eating disorder, drugs, holy shit. I mean, it was just like that song teleported me back. So that is why like (laughs) listening to old music um, right now is not going to serve me. Maybe at a later time, but when I was in this yoga class, it was like I didn't know any of the music that was happening. It was all new to me. It was all awakening me and it felt fresh. It felt just, I was like vibrating inside. And this teacher was playing the music so loud. Like I've never been to a yoga class in my life where the teacher was playing the music that loud. And I've been to tons of yoga classes, probably like over a thousand at this point if I really want to think about it. Um, yeah, way more than a thousand. Holy shit. I mean, if I, so I've probably taken like 10,000 classes if I want to really think about it. I mean, since 2013, it's 2023 right now. That's 10 years. So, um, anyways, yeah, that's crazy. So this teacher was playing the music so incredibly loud and the stereo system was absolutely amazing and like being in my body and just like I was sweating it was a hot yoga class the sequence felt perfect everything just felt amazing and that is the flow state and it almost felt like like it was a curated experience and like God or spirit or whatever you want to call it a higher power like brought me to that class because, you know, spirit knew that it was going to be that teacher. Spirit knew it was going to be that music, that loudness. It was going to be tons of people. Like, I felt really just divinely guided to that experience. So, yeah, it was really meant to be. And I think the fact that I did take a little bit of a higher dose that was supposed to happen because like the teacher was absolutely incredible. I felt safe with her. I loved the way that she taught. Um, Yeah, like she didn't like talk too much. And I think that's something I'm starting to realize is that with my teaching, I think I used to, to talk way too much and talk about mental health way too much and talk about Just like, just, yeah. So now like when I'm going to go back into teaching, I'm not going to talk as much. And I really, 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 I really respected the way that this teacher taught because she was just direct to the point, taught the sequence. There was no mumbo jumbo. There was no fluff. There was no bullshit. But her energy was so, so healing and powerful, very powerful. So... That is what happens with emotions and feelings. They're going to move through you quickly. You're not going to feel, you know, maybe as much of a stuck energy. And again, your experience is going to be different than mine, but this is what I have noticed and realized over the last month is that I have more flowy energy 
and I'm more able to like let my emotions and thoughts slide off of me rather than getting stuck inside of my head and stuck inside of my body and feeling like I'm in like a freeze, like a literal freeze response where I can't move, I can't move on, I can't, you know, move on with the night, I can't move on with the day. I would find myself in those states of fight, flight, freeze so often. So that's another intention and another reason why I'm doing this is because I've heard and read and listened that microdosing can really help heal the nervous system. So, you know, that has been a huge intention of mine is to start really healing the nervous system because living in fight or flight mode for the last eight months, you know, being at my mom's has really taken a toll on my body and my mind. And um, like I'm doing a whole bunch of other things to help heal my my nervous system, like taking supplements and herbs and being more um, intentional with like my sleep habits and stuff and um, taking things that will help my cortisol regulation and helping and taking things that will help my my nervous system and just my adrenals. Um, but I think I needed something more to like elevate me and to like help me kind of snap out of the the fight or flight trauma responses that I was so like stuck in. And I had no idea how the microdosing was going to affect me. I mean, I was I was kind of skeptical at first and I was kind of scared. Um I definitely was scared that I was going to feel something, that I was going to feel anxiety because I've had several tripping experiences that were kind of like borderline like bad trip and then I had a near-death experience um, in San Francisco years and years ago when I took LSD and Molly and I made a whole episode about that so if you just if you just search vibe within psychedelics or near-death experience, um, I talk all about that. And I was, you know, that's why I, I do have some trauma around drug use. I do have some traumatic experiences that have happened in the partying scene, in the music festival scene, just around people who are doing drugs and psychedelics. So I really distanced myself from that seen for many years. I have not done psychedelics or tripped on anything since my early 20s. So, you know, I'm in my early 30s now, so it's been a decade. Um, so I felt, you know, kind of hesitant, kind of nervous, but I knew that I had these mushrooms they were given to me for a reason, like divinely guided to me for a reason. And I knew something within me, a voice within me, a higher knowing, an inner knowing, just kept saying, just give it a shot when you're out in California. Just do it for your depression. So that's why I did it. And then I started to realize, wow, it has all of these other benefits for OCD, for eating disorders. There's, a, um, there's an article that I just found today about psilocybin being a treatment for resistant, um, res 
treatment-resistant eating disorder patients. So I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes too, but it it was on the cut. Um, so if you just Google the cut, psilocybin for eating disorders, you'll be able to find it. So anyways, um, I have noticed, yes, like the the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings and the trauma and like the PTSD memories and stuff like that is more able to flow through me. Um, the microdosing has also like lowered the volume of my anxiety and my OCD. So it, it feels like I'm, I'm not as chained to the, to the anxiety and I'm like safely distanced from it. Um, and I definitely am not feeling these like abrupt, these abrupt reactions like of anger, of overwhelm. I would have these like abrupt blow-ups of anger, of, of freaking out, of like like my body just freaking out and me like screaming out loud, you know, like like just completely not being able to handle the most small minuscule things. Like if something drops or if something, you know, falls and something breaks or, you know, these little things that would set my nervous system up like in a way where I was like blowing up for no reason. Um, I did not like the way that those experiences would make me feel like I felt so out of control and I would just get completely taken away by these like waves and these bursts of anger. And I know that anger is the underlying energy and emotion of depression and OCD um, for a lot of people. So I've been really feeling this difference in how I experience anger. Um, you know, they've lo- the bursts of anger have lowered, and that that thing that used to enrage me, it doesn't enrage me anymore. I have more distance from me and and the reaction. It's almost like I have like a delayed reaction, which is really good because before I was having like an instant reaction to like the smallest little thing. And now when something happens, I I drop something, I break something, I trip over something, I have a memory, I'm triggered by, by someone or something, someone says something to me. I don't feel this like this like fire burning within me. Like I am able to just kind of like stand there with it. And I have that delayed reaction and my nervous system isn't like, it's not like struck, you know? It's not like, holy shit, like I'm so angry all of a sudden. I'm just able to like sit there and kind of just be with it. And that was huge for me. Like just feeling that moment that first moment where I was aware of that, like, wow, I used to, I used to like get really, really angry and like blow up and scream when things like this would happen. But now I'm just standing here and it's like, yeah, I'm still annoyed by like something not feeling perfect and smooth. That's what my OCD like definitely likes to gravitate towards. But this is a huge success for me is like, not feeling so sensitive with my nervous system and 
not feeling so chained to the anger or the rage. Um, you know, like I've had moments where I've had to punch pillows and scream into pillows. And I mean, those moments are good. Those experiences are good to give the body to release. But um, you, I, I didn't want to have to do that every single day. So I was able to, I've been able to more just be with the anger, be with the discomfort, be with the anxiety, be with the annoying energy or the just being annoyed and triggered way easier. And it feels like I'm kind of like unplugged from it a little bit, which, which is completely amazing. And it makes me feel like I'm more at ease and I have more control um, with my reactions. So this episode is starting to get pretty long. So I think I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to make sure that I leave off, um, that I know where I left off in my notes so that when I start recording part two, um, I, I'll just be able to drop right in um, because this episode's already 45 minutes long at this point. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, the links for the reputable psychedelic um, companies are in the show notes. I will hopefully have some discount codes by the time I release this episode, so I will be putting those in the show notes as well. Um, again, go do go do some research. Go listen to all the podcasts with with uh, James Fadiman and Paul Stamets, and go listen to um, the Psychoactive podcast with Ethan Nadelman. Listen to the episode I, I said, um, Sophia Korb. Go do all these things. Read articles, watch YouTube videos, really get a feel for if if you know you're thinking about microdosing, if you if you've been microdosing, thank you for listening. I mean, you obviously already know all of these things and maybe you've experienced all of these things already, but um, I know a lot of you guys have have DM'd me on Instagram and said, Oh my god, microdosing has changed my life and um, a couple of you have like sent me different companies to look into. So it's like, thank you guys for being part of my journey and like helping me find companies and helping me feel not so alone because yeah, I've been, I really, really isolated myself. I really, um, I felt like I was in hiding from basically like April to you know, December, um, April to December, I was just in hiding. I was going through it. I was living at home. I was not okay. I was, my aunt died. There was just so many things I lost. Um, I was grieving a lot of things. And now thank you for your support. And I hope this episode helped you. And this is only the first part I'm going to be doing a multi-episode series, so stay tuned. And I'm also going to be bringing on one of my friends who has also been doing microdosing for, I think, the past year or more. And she's going to come on the podcast, and we're going to get deep into the nitty-gritty um, experiences of microdosing and, like, what can happen to the mind with, like, these ways of being and these habits that we're trying to release and depression and OCD and anxiety. So we're going to really talk about 
like the details of it all. So that's going to be really exciting. So stay tuned. I hope this episode helped you. If you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes, that definitely helps. Or you can leave a star rating on Spotify. Hopefully leave me five stars. Um, And you can always share this podcast episode with a friend or a family member. Um, And I will... I will make sure to put all of the podcast recommendations in the show notes as well. All right, I'm going to go move on with the rest of my evening because I definitely feel this microdose kind of putting me in this flow state and I'm going to go stretch and breathe and journal and watch some tarot videos and just get in my element. All right, enjoy the rest of your day or your night.